This is Getting Past the Subtitles. I'm Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to week number three. Dang, it's actually been three weeks already. Holy shit. Yep. We, we not, not even uh, the accuracy is felt like it this week. Well, yeah. accuracy was a six. It was like six. So. We would be in the midpoint. <laughs> But we're we're like almost done. There's only one more week left. Week three of our kind of Thai expose series, discovering what they've got, giving a little bit of love to a country that we haven't really uh, watched films too much about in this podcast. Last week we watched Ngbak, a very kind of classic action film uh, with Tony Ja, who is up there with the legends. Definitely go see that. Everybody should definitely see that. It's a fun, it's a fun Saturday night movie popcorn, you know. But this week, kind of pivoting directions into something a little more indie, a little more dark comedy, a little bit of everything, kind of romance, but not really. And this is a Heart Attack from 2015, directed by Jesus. How do I say his name? Nawapol Tamrong Garatani. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. That's that's so rough. This is a long name. We apologize in advance. So sorry. So don't even don't even comment or like email about how I butchered that. Like I already know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think he's a pretty young director. Um, he this is like this is not his debut. He's done like a couple other films. I read that they're like pretty experimental, but this was his first kind of like, I guess Hollywood ish movie. You know, something that's a little more appropriate for like kind of like the theater experience per se. You know, something for like a broader audience. Um, but as you kind of see and watch it, it still really remain, maintains like an indie kind of root at the same time. Like it, I, I could see it being like. A gateway to trying to like break in as a rom-com but it really isn't like a rom-com film and so yeah this movie came out 2015 i just kind of came across it one day gave it a watch seemed interesting and generally i liked it i remember liking it i watched it a few years ago so this was only my second watch with the film and all in all i feel like my feelings about the movie have stayed the same from the first time around. Um, just like I generally liked it. I mean, it's nothing like blow your mind amazing, nor does it feel like refreshing or new in any way, but it is a different kind of movie where again, like it, it, it kind of like wants to be in the nest of a rom-com yet the movie itself isn't. It's kind of like a little bit of a dark comedy, but ultimately, it's like a character study in a way because it's really all about the main character, Yoon. And he's kind of like the cynical guy. And like, if you stay, take a step back, like the movie and the plot kind of like pushes you towards like, oh, he meets this girl and he has a crush on this girl and he's like trying to unveil his feelings for her. But ultimately, like by the end of the movie, it's really just about him like, oh, I kind of care more about things than my job. Right, so it's it's a little diversifying in that sense, but for me, like I liked it in the first place because I think 
like Yoon and the other characters are interesting. They're pretty like deadpan in their characters and like their dialogue, but I think just like the way that that is portrayed is interesting, you know? Like nobody's really over the top, especially for like something that wants to be in the nest of a rom-com. You you usually get these very like over the top kind of characters or like that's when you kind of start going to like cliche rom-com territory, but this movie like does the opposite and you have these just like cynical characters all the way through. And I think that's just like the attraction for me, so that's that's where I go with it. Uh, how about you? This is uh, this is your first time, right? Yeah. A lot of it is narration, right? There's a lot of narration that's going on and we're in his head a lot of times. So I think that kind of adds to that feeling of being a character, his character-driven story. Right. Um, but like you mentioned, I really enjoyed the interactions between the characters and its subtlety. And yeah. how the camera portrayed those things and how they used the camera and showed us certain things and didn't show us other things and mm-hmm. used that in a way to enhance the story. And I really enjoyed that. And I think I really like stories where it's never like black and white within sure. the relationship. And especially for this Yoon and Dr. Im's relationship. Like, I love the fact that it's so ambiguous and it's uh, teeter-tottering between this I like you and doctor-patient relationship right, and right. all of that mixed together. I love that just because uh, you never really cross that line. Right. And even at the end, you like, typically in a rom-com, you would expect that line to be crossed, right? Y- yeah. But in this in this movie, you never really cross that line. Yeah. And they kind of remain doctor patient actually which is interesting and i think that the relationship with him and his friend uh i think is how do you say it like jay jay i think it's just jay jay right jay yeah yeah and the relationship that they have with each other i really like that too right and the dynamic that they have and i think most of the comedic bits kind of happened with him and Jay and him and Kai. So yeah. <laughs> I think those things really uh, change the dynamics of the film. Because a lot of times it's a little more serious than a rom-com dictates. And I think right. that using that as a way to kind of alleviate that mm-hmm. and bring in the comedy. Right, it's yeah. kind of serious in, in a lot of it, the parts it, of the movies. It is, it is. And especially when he like starts going crazy ham. <laughs> and, like gets a heart attack um, right but i think overall the pacing of the film and the uh, overall ambience of the film i really enjoyed and right so just yeah, like I really, the tonality of it yeah i give this uh film props mm. yeah there's a i mean there's a lot that we to dive into there uh later on too but yeah i mean overall like it is a you know, character study film for sure. I mean, it really is just all about Yoon between like the story, him, and like even the way that it's shot. It's very like documentary style, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of it is handheld, and you're literally like a lot of the sequences is literally like following Yoon. Like he goes from mm-hmm. like in the location from scene to scene, like where he goes in the space. Like we're just like following him, like handheld, you know? And it really adds to like it's purely Yoon's story. You know what I mean? 
And I think There's like definitely a lot of extensive use of tracking shots and right. fairly long takes that they right. use. And you can tell that they really blocked it out a lot. Um, especially sure. there's one shot um, when Yoon first visits the public hospital. Yep. And he sees the line and he walks through the whole hospital to go upstairs to get to the end <laughs> of the line. And you just, it's a really good visualization of how long the line is by right. using that long take. And just but, like his um, reaction and like how he's kind of like looking for like the line and like finding like where the end point is. Yeah, and that's a really effective way of using you know, a long take. But also, it's documentary-esque, as you mentioned, mm. in that we're like following him along in this yeah. journey. And I think that kind of adds to what you call like that indie feel. Right. Because of yeah. that, like, just run and gun kind of almost. I mean, it's blocked, but it feels like it's just this handheld, like. Right. Like, I mean, it, it feels low budget through. in a way, right? Yeah. Like, it feels. Which yeah. is why I think you mentioned that it felt indie. Yeah. But, yeah. It's clearly blocked, though. So it's like. You know, they really. Yeah. yeah, they really put thought into it. Yeah, because, like, not only, like, with tracking shots, a lot of it, too, is. Because, like, a lot of the sequences are like high stake or like high tension you know and like the jazzy music really adds to it and like ramps up in the scene that like there's a lot of pressure and the Mm -hmm. camera work too like it'll go either tracking or it'll be like a close-up and like handheld so there's like camera shake where the camera will just whip pan to like different things that need attention so like a lot of time it's the clock in the room right like time is a Mm -hmm. big factor in this film so a lot of times like you'll have a tracking shot and then like there'll be a whip pan to the clock or like a zoom onto the clock like immediately. So like everything kind of has this real time feel to it. You know what I mean? Um, But not to get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, it is my week for this film. So what exactly is Heart Attack? It's a little bit of like whiplash mixed with like that kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> I get kind of that feel with this movie. But we follow um, Yoon, who's the main character, and he's this graphic designer and, like, Photoshop retoucher in his 30s. He works as a uh, freelancer. But all he ever does is just focus, like, all of his time and attention into his work. And basically, he's just a severe workaholic. And, you know, he has, like, strong beliefs on not wasting time and that just dedicating all of his time onto work and finishing projects. Um, And really, like, that shows in his social life and, like, what he does. Like, his only friend is, like, Jay, really. And then the only time that he eats is at a nearby 7-Eleven. And then there's, like, Kai, who is, like, the worker there. He's kind of his friend. Um, And then there's, like, another sort of distant friend that there's a scene with the, uh, his father passes away and he's like, should I go to this this funeral or not? And so, yeah, so basically to maximize his time with finishing, like, projects and, you know, being a workaholic, he doesn't even sleep. So he stays awake to days on end, and he kind of causes his superpower. So he can, like, stay awake. I mean, he stays awake to, like, five days a week, six days a week. Um, And on top of that, he'll basically bring work anywhere with him. So, like, the first scene that you kind of see, he's in the middle of a project, and he's has stayed awake three days and then he goes to it's like some photoshop thing for a client 
and then that he finishes it up and then it goes to review for the other lady and then they're like in the office with the with the lady that she's reviewing it and then she's talking to like i guess her like employee and the and she's like basically i don't like it and the employee goes back to to yoon and he's like yeah can you like finish that today like redo it and then he literally redoes the entire project like on the spot like in the same office just with like a black blanket over his head and so you see like things like that happening all the time where he'll just bring work with him wherever he goes like this bringing his huge iMac with him um and so yeah so like you know he does that and then like the next project he finds out that he has like his best friend or his old best friend anyway his father like passed away and that the funeral is coming up the next day but like the dilemma is that he has a deadline due like that same night so he, he ends up going to the funeral but then working in the funeral hall like next to the coffin he plugs in his laptop and his friend's like you didn't have to come if you were busy kind of like sour about it yeah and so this is like his life's dilemma essentially um just staying up multiple days and being a workaholic so after one day he starts to develop like this sickness or like an allergy um which basically like these rash spots rash spots start developing on the back of his neck and he goes to a doctor and he kind of gets prescribed the medicine and he starts to take the medicine but one of them is like sleepy sleep inducing as a side effect so he's like he gives it a shot and he falls asleep and then wakes himself back up to like finish his work and ends up burning it the medicine anyway because he doesn't want to sacrifice sleep basically the rash gets work and his health kind of like severes even harder and so he and the hospital that he went to is like super expensive and he doesn't have health insurance because he works freelance. So he decides to go to like a public clinic slash dermatologist to see. And that's where he meets uh, Im, who is one of the public nurses there. And she's also kind of like a student in training, you can say. And so basically he gets assigned to her and she prescribes him like some medicine as well as like a routine to follow to get better. Which includes like exercising and sleeping, of course. And Yoon starts to develop this crush for Im, so he decides to like follow her instructions as a way to like get closer to to her. And basically, he struggles to do so. I mean, he signs up for a gym, and he kind of does everything that he asks of her except to sleep. And so, his health conditions worsen because of that. And so finally, like. In, like, the second meeting, she's like, let's be friends and, like, let's form a partnership about this, you know, and kind of, like, get closer to each other while also, like, helping him as a patient. And so he decides to, like, you know, kind of commit to the regimen for her sake. But at the same time, like, the biggest dilemma is that he gets um, this Adidas gig to photo retouch for Adidas as a client. And so he basically kind of is trying to balance out this regimen and staying up to do this job on time. And basically, like, going to sleep on time and doing all this stuff takes away from working and he ends up losing the Adidas job. And he's, like, pretty upset about this. So they have, like, a falling out between him. And because Yoon loses this job with Adidas, 
he actually ends up losing all of his jobs at the same time, shortly afterwards. So now his, like, calendar is finally free, and he's, like, free of any kind of work. And so that's when he, like, starts to take, like, 100% commitment to her regimen. And he actually ends up getting better. And he actually even goes out to, like, the beach and spends his time doing other things besides work for the first time. And so finally, he's, like, completely healed. And he has, like, that one last appointment with him. But it kind of, like, ends on an empty note with him. And he's kind of, like, falls into, like, a heartbreak, essentially. And he goes to the 7-Eleven with Kai. And Kai's like, dude, you're, like, heartbroken. And he's like, what should I do about it? And Kai basically is like, well, working helps me get through, like, a breakup just to get my mind off things. And so he starts taking clients again. And he starts working and essentially, like, undoes everything that he, like, got healed for. And he ends up taking this crazy, like, job from this guy named Peng, who's basically an asshole <laughs> and, like, takes people, takes people, adv- takes advantage of people. And he gives him this assignment that, like, is supposed to take two months to finish, but the deadline is in two weeks. So Yoon ends up staying awake for, like, 12 days straight trying to finish it and ends up getting, like, basically has a heart attack and, like, almost dies in his apartment or wherever. And then once he's hospitalized, it's kind of like an epiphany moment with your life. You know, like, your life flash flashes before your eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. And so he's, like, basically quits the project and kind of sees that there's more to life outside of work. And the film kind of, the film basically ends with Yoon going back to the clinic because he gets sick again and meets him and kind of like repatches their relationship as friends. And that's pretty much it. It's kind of how it ends. I don't like a better note than before. Overall, the scenes, I don't know, how do you feel about like, like the pacing and kind of like from the scene that's seen in the movie? Because in some senses, I feel that like, it's kind of a long movie. Like, it's two hours and change, right? And nothing... There are some exciting, quote-unquote, scenes. Like, namely, when he's, like, working close to a deadline. Pretty much the music is kind of jazzy. And it's, like, ramps up when there's these high-stake scenes. And so those kind of get a bit exciting. But outside of... There's only, like, maybe three, four of those scenes... Outside of that, there are some scenes I feel like they kind of drag to me. Like, I'll give an example. There's when he goes to the clinic for the first time and he gets there at like 6 a.m. and then he has to wait in line. And then there's like 10 minutes of him like waiting, literally, before he can like get an appointment to be in for the first time. Like, I do feel like scenes like that could be chopped thinner to kind of help with the overall pacing of the movie and keep it going faster. Because over, because outside of that, like, you know, the story is kind of like a day in the life sort of thing. Overall, for me, I didn't mind the pacing. It's interesting because around an hour into the movie, uh-huh. I checked the bar to see how much of the movie <laughs> there was left. Yeah, and there was another like an hour yeah. and ten minutes to go. It's like, where are they gonna and do? <laughs> I was shocked because it didn't feel like. They can add I more. had an hour left to go. It felt like, you know, I was pretty deep into the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I was only... I guess I was halfway into the movie, but 
it felt like I was like almost at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. but I was halfway there. I felt the same too. That wasn't a bad feeling mm-hmm. because it didn't like as I was watching the first half, it didn't feel like a drag for me. I was sure. interested and engaged in the movie, so I didn't feel like that one hour to go felt like oh like, I have to watch another <laughs> hour. Dang. It felt more like wow, like what are they going to do more? Like how uh, you know where are we going to go from here? Right, right. And so that was uh, an interesting thought, and I don't know what that means about the pacing of the movie exactly, <laughs> but I think that for me the pacing wasn't all that bad. Right. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Like I enjoyed the monthly appointments because it kind of sure. felt like a reward every single time you <laughs> went to the appointment you know right, yeah yeah like everything else was the crap that he had to go through <laughs> to get to that appointment yeah. because every time because like you would make his body worse because you want to like see would... like for me you want to see like what the relationship is going to end up between you and him exactly so it's like and you only get one once a month and like one scene to like that interaction so you're constantly like, in. what's he going to do next? You know, or like, how is this going to affect that? You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I always felt like that was the reward. And it's kind of interesting because the philosophical message of this movie is kind of like, is work really the most important thing in the, in your life? Right. Or does it have to be the most important thing in your life? And the way that I, I'm feeling by wanting to see that moment... <laughs> With the, the appointment with him and her together and, and that how that relationship blooms yeah. is a testament to the fact that work really isn't everything. Yeah, yeah. Like people are more engaged to see what happens within a relationship <laughs> between two people right, right. rather than you know whether he gets a job for Adidas or the New York Gallery or whatever it is. Right, you know? right. Yeah, they're very like independent of each other. Like be- the, the scenes between him and Yoon and then just the rest of Yoon's life. Between, like, you know, just him and his work, and then even with Jay, like, they're just two separate, like, planes, right? Like, they feel like two different storylines in a way. It's kind of compartmentalized. Right, right. Yeah, and, like, to your point, too, you know, as the movie progresses, obviously, like, work just becomes, like, less important, even to Yoon. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, in the beginning, it, it kind of is, like, a sacrifice of, like, uh, if I want to get better, I got to start you know, doing some lifestyle changes. And then that just kind of like chips away at his work life. But then once he kind of loses the Adidas job and like in that area, like even his mentality shifts and he, you know, gives less focus and care to work and kind of starts doing other things. You know, like his whole thing. I I think my favorite scene is with, is when he goes to the beach on New Year's for like a quote unquote vacation. So like in the first Maybe the second scene that him and you talk and she's like, what do you do for fun? And he's like, I just work. He's like, you don't go to the mall or like see a movie or hang out. And he's like, what's hanging out? You know, he's just so baffled by this idea of leisure, essentially. Right. And then once he loses the Adidas job um, during New Year's and he has like nothing else to do, he goes to the beach and it's just like these like, plain scenes of him, like, literally doing nothing at the beach. Like, there's a shot of him floating in the middle of the ocean, and all you hear is, like, the narrative is, like, fun. And he's, like, standing over, like, this mountain range, and he's, like, looking out at the, the scenery, and he, like, yells out, and he's, like, entertaining. Like, he's 
somehow having like he, he's enjoying himself but in a way that is so you you know that it's yeah. it's kind of funny to see i mean all this time he thought of those things as just wasting time right right, right. It's not anything productive, so it must be wasting time. And so having that kind of mindset going into any of these, you know, activities, it feels like just wasting time. Watching the sunset <laughs> is wasting time, right? right. It's, it's an interesting balance of like what it means to spend your time wisely. Because in one sense, yeah, like not being productive can be waste, wasting time, quote unquote. Sure. But in another sense, like, what does it mean to live, right? And that's, I think, the philosophical questions that are, like, underlying this film is, you know, what does it mean to really enjoy life or right. enjoy the time that you have while you're living? So, But uh, to your point of, you talked about how the film's kind of like Whiplash, and I agree. I think that there's many points in this movie where I think even, even the plot, the beats mm-hmm. of the movie, I feel like it's very inspired by Whiplash. And, like, the character himself, obviously, is very inspired, I think. Right. The guy who who wants to make it and who, you know, wants to do this job and be the best at his job. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of, like, a, an archetype that's in this film as well. Right. The guy who's, like, the asshole who like pushes the person is <laughs> yeah, peng. yeah like takes advantage of him although peng is not as much in the forefront in this movie as let's say like whiplash and right and um the professor and i forget the i forget his name but um although he's not as much in the forefront i think that he's big enough at and especially at the end at the climax he is the one that's literally pushing him yeah, yeah. to the edge so yeah that's another like analogy there and a similarity there that really kind of puts this in the same realm of whiplash Mm -hmm. the relationship the love relationship that's there which is interesting because in this film that relationship is actually kind of mended and i think the overall message of this film is different from whiplash right whereas whiplash kind of leaves you with a question i think (laughs) this film gives you a subtle answer to what is better right quote unquote right? <laughs> the thing is like whiplash tells you that there has to be sacrifice for you to achieve something great whereas this film is kind of like like it's almost it, the opposite you don't have to you don't have to. you don't you don't have to be the best at something you can sure. still enjoy life and love life mm. yeah. yeah i agree yeah it's like yeah this movie is kind of just like a message of like broaden your horizon in a way like just you know kind of look at a big picture and not stay so narrow focused like on work and stuff and um yeah i mean even to the other characters like it's i love like jay is probably my favorite character in the sense that she she's kind of like where you needs to be like in the end Yoon and Jay are kind of the same. Yoon's journey is to get to where Jay is, in a way. Because they have, like, the same persona, right? Like, they're both kind of, like, cynical about work and, like... And that they kind of share the same doing leisure is a waste of time mentality. And this is pretty relevant where, I mean, like, Jay gets married. Like, she has a boyfriend, and then they get married, and she has a baby. And Yoon is constantly, like, asking her questions about these things, like... 
like what do you find so fun about being a relationship or like you know having a baby and like all these things because like they jay uh yoon i mean not yoon but jay's also like you know it's fun like she's just like i didn't think that i would like it but i do like it's actually nice once you do have it and then yoon ends up being kind of the same where he's first like nah but then you know he goes to the beach and he's like yeah that's actually fun and then he has this crush on this girl and he's like yeah, maybe, you know, being in a relationship wouldn't be so bad in that kind of way, you know? And then Mm. Jay is, like, the person that has already experienced all these things. So it's cool seeing, like, their relationship and how it works out. And then in the end, Jay quits her job, too. She she stops being his manager um, in favor of being, like, a housewife and, like, having a child and, you know, being married. And she's like, you know, and, and at the end, it's like, it's funny because their relationship is very professional and very, like, I'm your manager and then you're kind of, like, my client and then, like, I give you work and then we benefit from both. And that's very like that at first. But then towards the end, especially, like, once he gets hospitalized and she quits, like, you see that they're, like, actually best friends and she's, like, you know, she even says that they're best friends as well. So it's, like, kind of digs deeper into that relationship. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of things in this film that seem very minor, but I think that tells a deeper kind of message. Mm. The relationship between Jay and what's his name? Why am I blanking out? I think <laughs> Yoon. <laughs> Yoon, yeah. <laughs> like you said, she is kind of the foil for Yoon. She has the same kind of problems, but she takes a different path. Right. And Yoon takes a little bit longer to kind of realize what she has already realized. And she tells him these things like being married isn't as bad as I thought. And like it's actually kind of fun. And it takes a lot more work than you think to manage a relationship. Right, right. And all of these things that Yoon kind of doesn't understand in the, you know, before. But I think once he gets the heart attack and he has that revelation while his life flashes before his eyes and he has that vision of his funeral and how he (laughs) wants his funeral to be and realizing the little things like not doing the photoshop for his mom or like just leaving his best friend hanging or not being able to see jay's baby right you know like things like that really makes him feel like he missed out on life more than man, I didn't get the job that I wanted or, yeah. man, I didn't have that, you know, Adidas uh, poster in Shibuya, like, <laughs> uh, to my name, you know? Uh, like, those things aren't the last things that he thinks about, but it's, like, the small things that he really didn't think about at all while he's really living, but at the end of his life or at almost the end of his life, mm-hmm. like, these are the things that flash before his eyes and that matter for him. And that realization only comes to him at the end and like jay is basically the foreshadowing of you know like you said where he needs to be right. and where he should be like it's important dude it's important yeah what do you think about that funeral scene like he, <laughs> he hit that table hard for starters I was yeah like, i was like ooh, damn <laughs> yeah i was like damn that, that must hurt. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i wonder how that was done <laughs> like you just go for it like <laughs> No, it's camera, camera work. Camera work, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the way that... Yeah, the way with it. It's fine, like, I mean, the second time watching it, 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 like, drags in a way. I was like, 
the camera really like sits there for a, a long time, like on the floor, before going into even the funeral scene. I liked yeah, it. Like, I think it, it gives it the amount of importance in that moment settling. where he's about to die. You know, like it, it really settles you in place and kind of puts you in a sobering moment where, like, there's nothing else but this moment of reflection and right. regret, maybe because he might be dying at that moment. Yeah. And the funeral scene was pretty cool. I liked how they they really went for like the whole setup. Like, they changed the apartment to, like, the funeral hall yeah. and, like, all the chairs. I really just like how it was set up between, like, you know, he, like, lists the names and then the people, like, walk into frame and take their seat through it. Yeah. Which is, it was nice aesthetic. That's the way it was done. Yeah, I kind of want my funeral to be like that, too. Not sad. Happy. 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 You know? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was like, come on, guys. He's like, I don't want you guys to be sad. I, I want you to be, like... Feel bad. Feel bad, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It's just a little, you feel kind of bad for me. Like, what? <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. For some reason, I was, like, expecting that scene to happen earlier in the movie. A lot of, like, the scenes in my mind were jumbled up than, like, this. When I watched it again, I was like, oh, that happens there. Like, oh, this this scene happens, like, later. And that's why it kind of the felt longer to me in the second run because I was like... When does that scene happen? Like, if it doesn't happen here, then, like, just piecing the movie together uh, pacing-wise, I was like, oh, okay, so that's how it works out. That's what happens. Any favorite scenes? Uh, I mean, besides the beach one... Mm, I don't know. Like I said, I do... I really do, like, all the scenes with uh, Yoon and Im. Like I said, it's kind of like a treat. I think probably my favorite is when she's, like, upset because you find out that she's not a good nurse at all. And then they have, like, their time together outside of the clinic room. And they're just, like, having a conversation as friends outside. And she kind of, like, unveils herself as, like, yeah, like, I'm not so great. And, like, it's hard being a nurse. And I kind of get... Well, she's a doctor. Huh? She's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, she just like, like there, that's like the moment to me where their relationship like is really shifted to being like friends, you know, or just like portrayed in a different light outside of the patient and doctor, you know, relationship. Yeah. And then she's like eating a sausage, which is so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that moment when the other patient comes out of the room, like you misdiagnosed my child or whatever. Right. And I like that moment when Yoon enters the office and you never get to see Im's face. Mm. Like you're always on Yoon. And and that moment, I think, is great staying on Yoon because the tension, you it really builds the tension in the room. Sure. And you're not sure how she's feeling at that moment because you heard about the misdiagnosis outside and all that. And you're sure that, you know, she's probably not in a good mood or whatever. <laughs> And you only hear her voice. And he comes in with the present, right? He's like, yeah. hey, like I, I have a present for you. It's for the uh, New Year's. Happy New Year's. And she's like, oh, thanks. Like, you're like, pretty here. Eh. Or whatever. <laughs> and it's only at that moment when he asks her if, if she's all right that we finally get to see her yeah. face. Mm-hmm. And I like that little payoff there in that scene. Right. Where the tension keeps on building and building and building and until he finally has the courage to ask her if she's all right right and really break that patient doctor boundary and 
ask her a personal question about how she's feeling. Right. And really go into that zone of friendship that you get to see her face. And as the audience, we also get to see the expression on her face to see whether she's all right or not. Right. Like, it does a great job of of making you feel disconnected to him. Like, just... It, I mean, it's a perfect reflection of, like, the scene itself. Because June himself is like, well, I don't know what to do in this situation, you know? Like, he he's yeah. trying to kind of, like, connect her in a way or, like, get her to, like, come out of her shell. But he's, like, awkward about it and he doesn't really know how to... He just doesn't know how to respond to that situation. You know what I mean? And he can, And it's, like, really telling because the camera is always on him that you kind of see, like, him dealing with that and, like, that struggle. And it isn't until, yeah. like, he finally is able you know to ask her and they have that connection that we you know we just cut to a different scene and it's it's like night and day when you see it you know to me it's funny because it feels disconnected in a way like it's it's kind of jarring when it cuts to that scene and like just the tone of it changes a lot like i honestly probably would have been okay too if like the second part of the scene never happened like he just like leaves awkwardly and then has to come back a month later and then to like Mm. reconcile it but it's an interesting choice that like you know they it's a moment for them to kind of get deeper into their relationship um outside of just like this patient doctor afterwards yeah yeah i liked it because it's the reward he gets for being courageous right and asking her if she's all right right so i liked it it's kind of like the payoff for it he couldn't ask her out but he can say how are you feeling (laughs) Yeah. Are you all right? You good, bro? You okay? Good. <laughs> Friend zone for life. Yeah. Do you want to go get some 7-Eleven? Want to go <laughs> want to get shrimp, some sausage? Shrimp dumpling? <laughs> <laughs> I like that scene too when he's like when he first gets sick and they think it's allergies and then uh Jay gives him he's like, "Hey, I bought you food." And she leaves and he opens it up and he's like I don't know what to do. What if it's a, my shrimp dumpling? What if I eat it every day? What if I'm allergic to it now? And Kai's like, he's like, well, I hear you have to eat more of what you're allergic to to get over it. And then they have like this whole yeah. meta conversation of, do we eat to live or do we live to eat? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think anything with Kai is fun too. Like Kai scenes are just are fun scenes. No, like the badminton. <laughs> he's just like, yo, come out. We're play badminton. He's like, what now? In the dead of night, in front of a Seven Eleven, <laughs> so strange. He was like, "I don't, I don't do it left and right like you do. It's up with all this technical <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, uh, mi- mixing Red Bull with coffee. Like, what is happening there? Not that's, a good idea. That is, <laughs> that's disgusting, yo. Which is funny because like, coffee and pe- and Coke is a real thing now. Like, have you seen those? In the can? No, I've seen people do coffee and Red Bull too. It's so disgusting. It's so like... Not a good idea though. It's so detrimental to your, your fiber, yeah. every fiber of your being. <laughs> and he tells that to him and she's like, are you being serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a doctor, right? <laughs> doctor. He's like, you know I'm a doctor, right? Yeah, I also like that scene when the... Uh, the sub doctor comes in, the substitute doctor. Oh yeah, when he walks in and, and he's like texting. Oh yeah, and she, she gives the phone to him, and he's like, "Can I respond?" So, <laughs> he keeps on texting. <laughs> it's like this isn't an internet cafe. <laughs> like, that, yeah, it's like robbing of the scene. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, and then you like see the two other gifts, and you're like, "Are those also for her? Or are those for him?" And you're like, "Does she have mm. other secret right. admirers?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what is your kind of overall thing between their relationship between Yun and Im? Like, it's were you really rooting for it, or like, what were your hopes and dreams for that? And, like, was it interesting that it kind of leaves off at this more of a friendship than anything? Well, let me say, in a movie perspective as a film, I like the fact that they ended where they ended. Uh-huh. I always like movies when it leaves you wanting more. Sure. And this film leaves me wanting more. And that's a feeling that makes me want to watch like a sequel or something of this movie. And I'm like, oh, I want to see their relationship bloom. But the thing about that is it's never as good as what I imagine. Right. Which is why I love the fact that they ended it here. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, if I actually see them all lovey-dovey or whatever, or, like, their relationship bloom into something, I don't think it would be as satisfying as the the thought that I have of the imaginations that I have of, you know, their relationship. Yeah. Whereas, as a as a character, and for him, yeah, of course, I want him to. <laughs> you know, I, I wish them to have happy ending or yeah. have a good relationship with her, but... But I think that as a film, I think I like where they ended it. Yeah. Yeah, too. I mean, like, you know, of course you would want it to happen. But I do like that it, you know, like like I said, kind of a lot of the themes and commentary of the movie is pretty subtextual. It kind of, like, happens, like, small things. And I like how that the fact that they don't get together just kind of helps the overall narrative that it's really just about Yoon in the end. And about like, you know, over like living his life versus being a workaholic. And, you know, like that helps between like the most that ever happens between them is being friends, keeping that relationship. Because even even before them, like he walks out on like a bad note and like she thinks that he's never going to talk to her again, you know, remends where they left off rather than anything. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, he's preserving what he has. You know, he just goes back to realizing like. You know, this friendship matters and, like, she matters and the same thing with Jay and everything else in his life. Kind of like, so I like that it re-concretes on that central theme more than anything. I mean, there is a definite change at the end in the fact that him as a character, before the ending, he never had the courage to cross that line or, or, or break the boundary or, yeah. or move forward with a relationship whether it be friendship or whatever he just didn't have the courage to go forward with that yeah, yeah. whereas at the end of the movie I think that he went to the appointment and approached her and said sorry and all that he's making the effort to be like yeah I'm I'm open to this um, whatever it may be right. you know, just a friendship or whatever like, I'm open to the fact of having somebody and building a relationship, being free from the clutches of just working and <laughs> just living life whichever way it may take him. The clutches of, you know, it's I like that he, you know, he just finally has like an initiative, like he can get put in initiative in his life rather than. And he can finally say no, right? Even when I, I, I hate it. I hate pain. Like, with a passion, he is an asshole. <laughs> Dude, especially when right. he came to the, to the hospital, he's and like, he's like, yo, you I know you're going to call me a fool. But. A douchebag, but uh, you got to finish the work in two days. <laughs> At that moment, you're just like, 
Dude, you do not know when to butt in. Right? Oh, like, you need to You're really... the worst. <laughs> he, like, slaps uh, him that guy. while he's, like, dying on the ground to wake him Especially up. every time when he goes to uh, pick up his check, right? He meets Peng. Yeah. And you're just like, why do you have to say stuff like that? Why are you such an asshole? Like, yeah, that was like a jerk move when he when he's like, yeah, I heard you lost the Adidas job and I went to Jang. Yeah. And you're like, how'd you? Okay. <laughs> like, go ahead and rub well, it why, in. Did you have to say that? Like, did you really have to like rub it in his face? <laughs> go ahead and just put dirt on my name. That's cool. But it, it's interesting. I, I like him as a character. I just hate him as a, as a character. As a character. I like him as a character, but I hate him as a character. You feel me? Yeah. You know where I'm going? Uh, you know, for I, the movie, he's a he's a great great yeah. addition. But he's the villain oh. we need, but not the one we want. And he, I love it because he's so like he's such a side character. Like he just comes out for one scene, <laughs> becomes an asshole, and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he does, and it's more than enough for the film. Yeah. You know, you know what I never noticed my first watch was um, the the taxi helmet guy who's always with Jay oh, suit yeah. chart that like uh-huh. I don't know if she's like a personal driver or something. Yeah, he's, like, he's always there. He's right? always in the. She's always like, "All right, come on, suit chart," and then he like gets up out of his phone. <laughs> like I watch this again, I go, "Wait a minute, who is that? Wait, what?" <laughs> like yeah, I, I remember like there. seeing him in one scene, but then he's like. In almost every scene that she's in the room. <laughs> it's it's in every scene that she leaves. <laughs> that she leaves. And I'm like... Like, he has no relation to anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the guy that, like, delivers food, you know? Like, on the moped bike. Mm. That's what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, go to the first meeting and they're all three of them are just standing there. On, sitting there in the chairs. <laughs> oh, so strange. Yeah, I know. I really like Jay a lot. I, I think uh, another some of my favorite scenes is when she asks Yoon to edit her wedding photos. <laughs> 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 she she's like, make it more dreamy. He's like, what you want like rabbits and stuff in it? And she's like, <laughs> and yeah, just do grass. that. <laughs> and then you see that he puts like the glow pink filter <laughs> over the photo. <laughs> You're like, oh man. He's like, black and white looks like a funeral picture. <laughs> it was funny when he did it because I was like, that's just so like typical. It's such a such a like a photographer. Yeah, anything else? Anything anything noteworthy? I mean I think that's pretty much it. I really enjoyed this film. There was a lot in the two hours that really resonated with me and mm. It kind of made me want to be in that world. You know, like that world is like sure. believable and it's an interesting world and it makes me want to visit that world, you know? And I think if if a film does that for me, I really enjoy it and it gives me this lingering feeling of wanting more. Mm-hmm. Of right. So, yeah, I really like this film. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be left with those characters, you know? They're, they're really fleshed out characters, which is a really good thing and like key thing to do and sometimes even really hard to do as well you know mm-hmm. like you said it's it's a very believable world like i mean it, it feels like it could happen like you know that they're among us and it's like a real life story in a way yeah. but like you know for me it all comes down to like the characters and they feel very fleshed out and they all have 
you know, obviously with you and like we follow his life, but even with the relationships that he does have with Jay and, and in, you know, there's more to them outside of like what we see on screen, you know, which is funny despite like how little we see them relatively in the movie, yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing. There's another movie that's this guy did that I always see. And I, I probably should give it a watch too. I forget what it's called. Came out in 2019. Let's see. Happy Old Year. I always see this around. One point of note. I think what's pretty interesting about this is the comedy of it. Like, it, for me, watching it, comedy is very not American. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a very conversational comedy. Mm. And I really like that. Where it's it's kind of like the comedy that you would have with your friend. Like while you're talking with your friend, like you would just throw little quips and jokes. Right, right. Like the moment when they always like talked about like how he retouches boobs and stuff. And she's like, you know, can you make that? Yeah. She was like, can you retouch mine? He's like, what? My boobs. How many many boobs have you like? Oh, yeah. How many boobs have you seen? Like little, little jokes like that, which are very conversational. Yeah, one thing that I noticed is, I mean, they're very, like, they're very, like, grounded in the character, like, when the jokes happen. Mm-hmm. Like, what you said, like, that is, like, telling of him and, like, that ongoing bit of, like, oh, how many pimples have you done? How many boobs have you straightened? And, like, it's, yeah. it's like, a common, like, it's a reoccurring thing that happens. Like, even when he's in the clinic and he's waiting and he's, like, I've been here for, like, three hours and he's, like, in that time I could have retouched, like, 20, 20 of those pimples, pimples and, like, 30 boobs, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. Or, like... You know, for me, it's when he goes to the beach and he's like, and he's talking, before that, he's talking with them and he's like, you know, hanging out, like, that's a waste of time. And she's like, going to the movies. And he's like, no, that's stupid. He's like, why would you watch the sunset? And then, like, in turn, when he actually goes to the beach, and he's like, literally doing exactly what he hates, just floating in the water. And he's like, this is fun. (laughs) I love that little moment with the kid, too. Yeah. Floats. He's like, you have anything else? Don't you have any better designs? He's like, they all float. He's like, yeah. what does it matter? They all float. He's like, but none of them are pretty. <laughs> Which is funny because he is the guy who's really like practical. Exactly. And just like, let me get it done. But he's, just like, but he's caring about something so dumb. <laughs> he's like, is that not a waste of time? <laughs> exactly. As long as it floats, what does it matter? What does it matter? But none of these patterns are, are nice. So, yeah, like, you know, they're, they're just all grounded in the character. They're all like telling it's like it feels natural. I think that's like a really hard thing to do with like comedy is like making it come out feeling natural. Like I said, it, it happens kind of like in dialogue or like you have a relationship with that person, and you, it's it's a, it can be a, like a joke or it feels like an insider joke between friends, and those are natural things. And it's kind of hard to do that in a scripted sense. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah. I think that's much it what are we wrapping up the series with glee what is your last pick yeah so we're gonna end the series off with the last life in the universe yeah i haven't watched this film um yeah you know you know i really really appreciate finding a film and being pleasantly surprised by mm. how good it is yeah you didn't know like, that, you didn't know that, thailand that, that, had this the, treasure <laughs> That that's one of the like wonders of watching film. 
Sure. You know what I mean? Like, because you can never get that experience back. That being pleasantly surprised of seeing a film and being like, oh, wow, this is a great film. Mm-hmm. And having that first reaction and no one spoiling anything. Not even a trailer. <laughs> Not even, like, somebody telling you it's a good film. Just, like, watching it and you're like, wow, this was a good film, you know? Right. Like, it's a blind Having date. that experience is really, really rare now. Because, like, you have, like, first trailer, second trailer, <laughs> final trailers, like, yeah, yeah. teaser one, two, three. Like, you have so many of that. Spots and, like, that, that. like, it's so hard for you to go into a film knowing nothing and being pleasantly surprised and using your own judgment to gauge the film the way that you want to right and this film i had that experience so i was really happy and maybe the film after the last last life in the universe hopefully we'll have the same experience or the opposite experience. <laughs> or the opposite it's a winner this sucks <laughs> it's the, the downside of that it's it's a gamble <laughs> yeah it could be half an hour in like no but to be honest that's not a bad experience either that's also a fun experience too sure, sure. it's a discussion because it becomes go, a discussion <laughs> it's because it's a discussion topic i'm gonna come on this podcast and be like that sucked you you watch a bad movie and like for me it's like you watch the bad movie and then it's almost like like you immediately know at least for most for the most part by the time you hit like the first hour for sure or like half an hour like like, you know it's bad. And then once you're for like, yeah. because we do a podcast, we're forced to, like, go through the whole thing through, you know? So it's like, I put extra effort into, like, having a discussion out of it, just so it don't <laughs> yeah. feel like I wasted two hours of my life or watching just, a bad like, movie. just to calculate and figure out just why it was just so bad. <laughs> right, know? right. We're trying to make better solutions. We're trying to, like... So we can, so we can learn from it, you yeah, know, so yeah. we can improve like okay it was bad how can you avoid that or at least mm-hmm. like how could it have been improved if if applicable yeah. you know you know i think uh to your point earlier not to not to keep going uh too long but like you know finding kind of like hidden gems in a rough and like how you're saying where you know comedic moments aren't american at all like that's the fun of watching just foreign movies in general like in asian films because uh they feel new and they feel different and foreign you know as like me as an american um that like too like you know between dialogue and some jokes that they feel un-american that they just feels like embedded in the culture you know and like as a foreign watcher to that it it will always feel fresh and new and always feel like a new experience and something interesting to like to watch and like oh yeah that's that's something that that, that we never do but interesting to see like how natural it is you know portrayed on screen to them in a way you know what i mean yeah that's something that I'm, I find so interesting and, and always kind of go back to um, when watching, like, either it's a Japanese film or a South Korean piece or something like that. And I think that's, too, why most people that do, like, foreign films or foreign drama series or stuff like that, it's going to say just, like, like the difference in culture and, like, the way that they interact and how they talk and, like, how, you know, just socially how things kind of play out between them and it's pointed out on screen, so... It's always cool. Agreed. So this one should be interesting. There's not only ties, but it's also a Japanese cast. Um, but it's directed by a someone who is Thai, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's kind of older, and th- this cast is interesting. Dude, Takashi Miike is in here, and he plays a yakuza. Yeah. That's like so fitting. It's hilarious. 
<laughs> uh, this should be interesting. It's a mix of cultures, so let's see how this pans out. Uh, so we'll see that next week. We'll see you then. Cool. Peace. Bye-bye.